Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. Y'all feeling good? You didn't ask me how I was. I'm up here all by myself. I ask y'all, y'all feeling good? And nobody, not a one, not one person said, "How are you, Jonathan?" We're done. Let's close in prayer. No, I'm just kidding. We're, we're uh, glad you're here this morning. I want to read a few verses of scripture that are going to kind of be our our focus this morning. If you've been in church for a while, you've you've heard these verses, but I. I want us to, to read them, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to kind of hit some highlights. Mark 1, starting in verse 16, says this. It says, One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Makes sense, right? They're fishermen. They're throwing nets in the water. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me. And I will show you how to fish for people. So they're fishing for fish. Jesus calls out to them, and he says, I'm going to give you a different task that's much the same. It says, and they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat, with the hired men. I wonder what you would say today is your biggest motivation in life. If I were to ask you, what is the driving force in your life, the main priority, the main goal of your life, the motivation, the thing that gets you out of bed every morning, I wonder what you would say. I think I kind of know some of the answers that you would say. For some of you, it is making a living. It's making a living for your family. You've got a family. You love them. It's your job to take care of them. And so for some of you, your driving motivation is to keep the bills paid. For some of you, I think your driving motivation would be, I I just want to be happy. I just, I want to feel joy. I want to feel happy. I want to feel excited to to wake up in the morning. For some of you, you would say, no, my my driving motivation is my spouse. I I deeply love my spouse. I I, I care about their well-being. And so, they are the driving force behind my life. Some of you would say that it's your kids. That no, if I, can just, if I can just raise successful kids, if I can just be with my kids, if my kids can be happy, then that's the motivation in my life. I think ultimately all of that motivation in our life, I think it ultimately boils down to this thing that you and I, are, I desire so deeply. I think for many of us, we are motivated by this idea that we want to be significant. I think most of us live our entire lives doing a bunch of things, going a bunch of different directions, and we, 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 we put our entire lives trying to make sure that we feel significant, that we feel something, that we feel like our life is bigger than just getting up in the morning and doing our thing. I think most of us want to feel like we're significant, that we matter, that we, that we matter to somebody, that our lives on earth matter, and that what we do matters. And so that's why we begin to bury our motivation into these different 
things. Your, your kids matter to you, and sure, your kids matter to you because you love them, but at the source of that is they matter to you because you want to leave a legacy in them, and you want to make sure that they're successful because you want to know that you did something significant, right? You want to know that you did something right. You want to see your kids follow the Lord as they live their lives because you want your life to last, to last longer than you, and you want to do something significant. In fact, some of us today have been searching for significance for a long time. And if I were to ask you this morning, do you feel like something's missing out of your life? You would say, yeah, I do. I feel like something is missing. And I've always, I've always wanted to know that there's something, there's something bigger that my life means and that it's lived for. And so a lot of us, we've looked in a lot of different places for this search for significance. We've looked to something We've looked to someone all to fill this void. You see, I really do believe that we're all born with these different parts that seem to be missing out of our heart. And the reason we're born like that is because God wants to fill those places. And one of those places is to know that we matter. And so that search for significance, that's why when you're a kid, you want to hear your parents tell you that you did a good job. Do I remember that? Do your kids do that? Mine does. He can do the smallest little thing. The, uh, the other day, he, he got some new basketball cards, and he asked me to look through these basketball cards eight times so that I would tell him, yes, you have some good basketball cards. The same thing happens when he's playing baseball or basketball. He wants to hear me say, yes, son, you're doing a good job. Why? Because he wants to feel like he matters. He wants to feel significant. And so that's why, as a kid, you... You, you, you ask for applause and you ask for confirmation. That's why some of you, when, as you grew up, you, you continue to do the same thing. And so you continue to look in different places, trying to fill this void of insignificance and know that you mattered. Some of you, that's why you went crazy in high school, right? Because you were trying to fulfill a need. For some of you, that's, that, that, that's why you do so much of what you do. That's why you... Um, got addicted to a substance because you didn't feel significant. And so you decided, I've got to find something that's bigger than me. And so you thought maybe this will take a feeling away. For some of you, that's why you've, in your past, you've gone from man to man and woman to woman, all trying to solve this emptiness of significance, to know that we are important, that we're needed, that we're enough. Ultimately, I believe we all go through much of our lives searching to be significant. So I want us just to get a little help with this this morning. Here's my title. It's Rescue Mission. Rescue Mission. In the passage, Mark 1, that we read just a few moments ago, we see Jesus in what would have been a very familiar place and finding what would have been a very familiar group of people. See, Jesus did a lot of his ministry in Galilee. And for good reason, because Galilee wasn't like this tiny place. In fact, scholars would have estimated that there would have been about 15,000 people in Galilee at the time. And if you extend that region slightly beyond, you could get up to, 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 to millions of people within a certain mile radius beyond Galilee. And so it was a great place for Jesus to do ministry, to heal the sick, to call people to himself, to perform Miracles, And not only that, but the Sea of Galilee that we peek into this story where Jesus is, this Sea of Galilee would have been a major spot for fishermen. 
As a matter of fact, scholars would say that on any given day, you could have found around 300 boats on the water, on this body of water. And so there would have been a lot of fishermen on the Sea of Galilee the day that Jesus shows up and begins to speak to these boys. There would have been a lot of fishermen there, but for some reason, Jesus decides that he wants to speak to these four. Let's go back to verse 16. It says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon. He did what? He saw Simon and his brother Andrew. Now let's, let's stop right there because I think it's important that you see who Jesus saw so that you'll see something you wouldn't have seen otherwise. Did y'all catch that? I made that confusing on purpose. But I think, it, I think it's important that, that, that you see something about this passage of Scripture because, you see, the fishermen that were on the water that day, they weren't fishing for Jesus. Did you catch that? They were fishing because they needed to catch fish because it was their livelihood. But Jesus is the one who walks up with maybe 300 boats on the water that day, walks up to these four men, and it says that Jesus saw them. Can I tell you today that no matter how insignificant you feel, no matter how left out you feel, no matter what you feel, can I tell you today that Jesus sees you, whether you think you're significant or not, is irrelevant to God because he sees you and he says you are significant. He sees you and he says you do matter. He sees you and he says you do have purpose. You are significant. And when nobody else seems to see you and everybody else seems to avoid you or leave you out or reject you, I'm thankful I have a God who still sees me. Jesus saw, aren't those beautiful words? Jesus sees these men. And at the end of the day, how significant you think you are has no impact on how really significant God believes you to be. Jesus sees you. If you're a follower of Jesus today, the reason is is because Jesus chose you. The reason is is because Jesus saw you. Sure, you surrendered to him But long before that, he saw you. Before you were in your mother's womb, he saw you and he called you and you simply responded. If you're not a follower of Jesus today, I want you to hear me say that he sees you too. That he got you in this building today. That he got you to click online because he sees you and he's issuing this challenge. He's issuing this invitation for you to see him as well. He's seen the life you live. He's seen you at your best of times. He's seen you at your worst of times. And that's good news because that means that Jesus sees me before I clean up or I dress up or I get it together. He sees me because he loves me. And I don't, I don't know if you would find this in a commentary, and I don't know if any other preacher would say this, but I think it's important that in this story, the Bible says that Jesus is walking, that he's walking along the sea, the shore of the Sea of Galilee, before he sees these men. And I I know that Jesus walked a lot of different places. I know that was his primary mode of transportation. But he also did some other things in the New Testament. Do you remember he ate, he sat, and he taught? He healed? 
But it's important to me here that the Bible says that Jesus was walking because what it tells me is it tells me that Jesus was willing to make the first move with these men. Did you catch that? That Jesus was willing to to make the first move. And, and, And I think it's significant for us today because we still have a God that's willing to make the first move. That's what happened with the cross. And so people wonder, like, what is Jesus's part in all of this? Or you or people wonder, like, what has Jesus done for me? Well, Jesus has already made the first move. He has issued the invitation that if you will come to me, then I will fill you with this significance. God is always making the first move. The Bible continues to say that they were throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. So Jesus called out to them. He saw them. He called out to them and said, come, follow me. So why were these men throwing a net into the water? Pretty simple answer. It's because they were, they were fishermen. You see, the trade of fishing would have been one of those that would have been passed down from generation to generation. It was the way they made their living. It was what they were supposed to do. And so fishing would have been a very difficult career. It would have required a lot of daily work. It would have been kind of a a daily grind. They would have had to fish and catch fish on a daily basis to have provision for that day, to be able to eat that day. You work and you eat. And so essentially what these men are doing when Jesus steps into their lives, when he sees them and he calls them as they are in the process of trying to keep up. Do you ever feel like your life is just a big process of trying to keep up? Of not just, not just keeping up with having bills paid and, but the process of, of, of trying to keep up with this, this desire that your life counts for something. How many, of you, how many of you have ever felt like you're in the loop of trying to keep up? That every time you get one thing taken care of, something else pops up. Every time you get one child well, another child gets sick. Every time you get one bill paid, another one pops up. Every time one relationship is resolved, another relationship problem, uh, problem happens. And so we can get into this loop of trying to keep up, of going to work, earning a living, playing with the kids, hauling the kids around, helping take care of someone that you love, trying to provide for your family, trying to keep the house decently clean, trying to keep the laundry from piling up too high, trying just to keep up. And that's what you and I do for a lot of our lives, isn't it? We throw the net out day after day after day. A new day, a new net, trying to keep up. I wonder, where are you throwing your net out right now? In a search just to keep up. Is it in your career? In your career, are you searching to to keep up? Are you searching for significance in your career? Are you giving way too much time to something that's meant to be a means to an end, not the end? Are you searching for significance? Are you trying to keep up in your social circle? Are you trying so hard to get close to the right people and to get the attention of the people that you feel like will finally make you feel like somebody, but yet it doesn't seem to solve the problem? Maybe 
you're searching for significant, you're throwing your nets out in your parenting. And I talked to so many parents that put so much stock in being a parent and trying to make their kids be successful that somewhere deep down they are banking on their kids making them feel significant. They are living life through their kids. That's why I get so angry when he misses the fly ball. Because I'm trying to fulfill something inside of me, a desire I have through somebody else. I think we're all guilty of it. Or maybe it's you're even searching for significance in what you can do for others. That if, if you can do enough to feel important, that you're needed in their life, then you will finally feel significant. Where are you throwing your net at? Where are you trying to keep up, trying to fulfill this desire to feel like you're somebody. The truth is, is that having a career and doing your daily thing is important, but it doesn't make you feel significant. You see, the Bible tells us in, in John 1, 35 through 49, that Peter, Andrew, James, and John had met Jesus before this moment we come to in Mark 1. This wasn't their first encounter with Jesus, but they had come to follow him this particular day on the Sea of Galilee. You see, before they, they had met him, but they had never follow, followed him. They continued day after day to throw their nets out. They continued to try to keep up by throwing their nets out, trying to be significant by throwing their nets out. Have you ever met somebody, and in the course of conversation, they ask you, what do you do? What's the first response to, uh, for us when somebody asks who we are or what we do? What do we tell them? We usually tell them what we do for a living, right? Somebody asks you, hey, what you been up to? Who are you? What do you do? Normally we tell them what we, what we do for a living. Why do, why do we try to identify ourselves all the time by, by what we do? Because it's the thing that makes us feel like we matter, Right? Because if you can impress somebody, if I can impress somebody with the amount of stuff that I'm doing or the career that I have chosen, then I will feel like I am somebody. That's why we stay so busy. Because we're searching for this meaning. We're searching for this significance deep down inside of us. Jesus calls, and, and watch what he says. He says, and I will show you how to fish for people. Did you catch the turn that Jesus made in that passage? Jesus makes the offer to take what they already do and take them to a place of significance with it. See, these, these fishermen had qualities that Jesus needed. These fishermen would have been bold men. They would have been courageous men because they would have fished during storms and in bad weather. They would have been courageous men. They would have been bold men. They would have been patient men. If you've ever been fishing, you have to be patient, which is why I'm terrible at fishing because 30 minutes in, I'm like, I'm ready to go home because I hadn't caught anything. These men had some qualities that Jesus would have needed. They, they would have had Tenacity and professional, professional fishermen simply could not afford to be quitters. Jesus needed some men to invest in and, and, and to be his disciples that had boldness and courage and faith and tenacity 
and patience. And so Jesus takes what they do. He takes their keeping up. He takes their day-to-day, and he adds, adds significance to it. I came to tell you today that if you feel like your life doesn't count, significance isn't that far away. You see, I think sometimes we in the church, we get caught up on this idea that I have to have a calling. Did you know that probably the calling God has on your life that you're already doing in some capacity. Most of us don't have a calling to move to a foreign country and be a missionary. Most of us do not have a calling to quit your job and be a pastor. I would not recommend, I'm just kidding. Most of us do not have this big hairy calling that's out there somewhere that we need to completely give up everything in our lives and go chase it. No, for most of us, the, 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 the rescue for our need for significance is to do a lot of what we're already doing, to just do it with purpose and with a bigger purpose than you've been doing it with. Not just keeping up. Not just out for you, not just going through the motions, but to take the day-to-day, the stuff you do in your daily life. What would happen if in going to work, instead of just getting through the day or getting through the week, what if you used your work as a time for you to, to, to follow what God's asking you to do and to build relationships at work that nobody else can? What would happen if you're keeping up with, with your kids? What if it wasn't just about making them into good people? What if it wasn't just about keeping them healthy and helping make them successful and forcing them to do, have good grades? But what if it was teaching your kids how to follow Jesus on a daily basis and you saw the moments where it felt like things were out of control for them? You saw those as moments to teach them about the value of following Jesus in difficult times. What if... Your calling isn't something that you have to run to, but it's something you have to follow Jesus to. We can take the same things we do every day and take them to a place of significance. You see, the reason why I think a lot of us have this feeling that we lack significance is because we've made significance all about the grind. And so we think... If I can keep up, if I can do enough, if I can work hard, if I can get enough, then I will feel significant. Significance isn't about how hard you can grind. It's about how closely you can follow Jesus. You see, Jesus is the one that adds the significance to you. What if we had a church? And this is a dream of mine, but what if we had a church that went through their daily life and they were literally missionaries wherever they went. What if just us in this room, don't even add second service, but what if just us in this room began to build relationships, began to build relationships with the person at the front counter of the place that we visit so often or began to build relationships to the people that we work with? What if instead of just going through life about it for us in order to get significance, what if we began to build relationships so that we could have significant roles in their faith journey? What if we lived with that mentality? Because I don't think most of us do. I think even for me, 
I mean, this is what I do. This is my profession. I think even for me, it can get really easy for me to go to the grocery store and just want to get out of the grocery store. It can be really easy for me to sit with the parents at my son's baseball game and literally talk about nothing because I'm tired from a long day of work. But what if I turn those little, little, what I see as inconveniences or just trying to keep up, just trying to do the next thing. What if we turn those and added purpose and added a goal of living out our faith in those people's lives? It would change. It would change everything. It would change our city. That our, we wouldn't have enough seats to hold all the people if we would just see that our search for significance may be in our backyard. Jesus tells them, he says, I'll help you fish for people. And then this is the big moment. This is the bold moment. This is the moment that most of us probably would not have, would not have done. This is the thing many of us would not have done with this man that we have just met for a second time. The Bible says, and they left their nets at once and followed him. Jesus says, your significance, oh, it's, it's going to be close to what you've already done. But in order to, for, to get there, you're going to have to surrender to me. That word follow literally means to walk with. These fishermen surrendered their entire lives to Jesus and walked with Jesus for the rest of his life because Jesus saw them in the midst of their keeping up. He called them. You see, some of us today are tired of trying to keep up and your real answer to your search for being more is surrendering everything you have to Jesus. You see, we don't reach out and get significance. We are rescued into significance by a loving Savior who's called us to more. He's the answer for whatever you've been looking for. He's where you find your hope, your comfort, your purpose, your peace, in your significance, the rescue mission of Jesus requires us relinquishing our attempts to be significant and finding it in who we are in Jesus. One of my favorite verses of Scripture, and I preached on this just a couple of weeks ago, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, offers this invitation again. He says, come. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. That's the offer of Jesus' rescue mission, to come to him to be safe in who he says you are, to, to give up keeping up and relax in who he is and be a part of his eternal work on earth. And so Jesus has an encounter with those men and then the Bible says a little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. So Simon and Andrew are fishing when Jesus comes in. But James and John are repairing their nets when Jesus speaks up. Another translation, the CSB says that they were not washing their nets, but they were getting their nets in order. They were to get their nets in order to repair their nets. It would have meant that they get them ready for the next day. It would have included cleansing. It would have included mending and folding the nets in preparation for the next evening's fishing because they would fish in the evening. This was as hard of work 
this repairing their nets would have been as hard of work as the actual fishing part. So they're tired. They're probably ready to go home for the day. And then Jesus calls them and he says, says he called them at once. And they also followed him. Leaving, leaving. See, the call to follow Jesus often means leaving something behind. But look at what they left. Leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with their hired men. Here's my question for you today. Are you willing to quit searching for significance in the wrong places? Are you ready to quit trying so hard? You see, Jesus is, he's calling all of us today, not necessarily to the mission field, not to be a monk, not to be a pastor, not to, not to be a missionary, but he's calling us to surrender to the things that he has for us. These pair of brothers discovered that following Jesus meant significance, but it was also costly. They had to leave, their, they had to leave everything. They even left their family, but ultimately they found what they always wanted, and that was the significance that Jesus offers. You see, these four men that Jesus comes in contact with this day didn't realize it, but literally this would change their life in some significant ways. For the next three years, they would walk with Jesus. They would witness Jesus doing unexplainable things. They would see him heal a blind man. They would be a part of him multiplying the fish and the loaves. They would see him calling other people to follow him. They would witness him getting arrested. They would witness him getting put on the cross. And they would even see him after he was resurrected from the grave. And they would lean so into this identity in Jesus and this significance that Jesus gave them that three out of those four men that we just talked about would die because they followed Jesus. John was the only one that didn't. But if you were to ask this, these men, all four of them, what happened that day at the Sea of Galilee? What changed for you that day at the Sea of Galilee? I think all four of those men would say, Jesus completely changed my life. And Jesus didn't just change my life, but he changed the very source of my need for significance. Jesus fulfilled everything I had been looking for. I had been fishing for fish, but that day on the water where Jesus called me to fish for men, something changed. I was doing a lot of the same stuff, but all of a sudden it no longer just meant I was keeping up, but I was taking a part in the future of eternity. And it only happened because they were willing to surrender their search for significance. Let me give you just a couple, of, a couple of action steps. If you're struggling in this process of feeling significant, you can write these down or you can type them in your phone or you can just think through them. The first one is, is list. So maybe this afternoon when you go home and you start thinking about this am I significant thing, maybe you would just 
list the places where you've been looking for your significance. Maybe it's your job, maybe it's your kids, maybe it's your family. But where are those things that you've been looking for significance that haven't been fulfilled? And the second one is ask. See, when you stare at that list of all those places that you've searched, knowing what you know now, you need to ask Jesus, Jesus, where do I go from here? Jesus, I I want to feel more. Jesus, I I don't wanna just keep up. I wanna be a part of something bigger. Ask him, Jesus, what can I do to surrender my life to you and to do something bigger than what I've been doing? And then map it out. List the things you do on a daily basis and make a list of how you can surrender those things to Jesus to make an impact of significance. And then the last one is plan. Plan, make some action steps that you can do from this point forward where maybe before you were just going through the motions, but from here on out, you can do some things that are gonna add some significance to the things you're already doing. You see, this search for significance, and I've tried my best to articulate what it takes to fulfill this search for significance this morning, but this search for significance isn't found anywhere else, and it's not a bad thing that you want to be significant, that you want to know you matter. The search for significance is ultimately the search to know your Savior. What would happen if the goal of your life, if the goal of my life was simply loving Jesus as he is? That's the highest call on the life of a follower of Jesus. It's higher than your call to be a good parent. It's higher than your call to be a good spouse. The highest call, the highest honor in our lives is to love Jesus and to surrender all those parts of our lives to Him. The search for significance is walking with the realization that every hour, every second of every day, where you get that significance is found not in what you do, but in who you belong to. Y'all stand. And we're gonna sing this song again. And as we do, I invite you just for a moment to ask yourself, what am I relying on for my significance? What does my life look like if I'm going to live it on purpose and with a significant call?